Hello? What's going on, Julian? Okay, there we go. It's better if I don't have the app. <laughs> it was actually uh, messing it up. Now I got it through the headset here. So how are you guys doing? Uh, it's only me right now. The other guys are, are working, so um, awesome. it's just going to be you and I. Awesome. Good to hear you. Good to hear from you, man. It's been it's been some time. Last time I saw you was in Mexico City. Oh yeah, when you did your Mexico tour. Yeah, I did the yeah, we were down there. We were supposed to do EDC and uh yeah, it was kinda nice that we didn't because that is a lot that was very hectic of a, a week and I needed a break during that time in Mexico City just enjoying the food and culture was a lot better than you know. <laughs> being at a, another event with a hundred thousand people oh yeah it gets massive over here yeah i think it, mexico city is the biggest edc uh it, compared to vegas it might be like right right in line with it but yeah it's 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 up there so um how have you been i've been great bro well awesome. i i mentioned a few things to you other than that yes has yes it's been it's been okay challenging but yeah but we're getting there it's mexican independence yeah oh it's a a holiday for yeah you're still you're still out of mexico city right yeah okay cool you guys record most of your episodes in english or you guys just kind of jump around or Uh, we've only done one in spanish oh nice but I think we're going to expand on that because there is some people that only speak Spanish, but Mm -hmm. we're going to see how that goes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But how have you been? Been good, man. Uh, uh, Should we roll into it? Um, Do you have questions? I kind of give a little backstory of where I'm at in my career and, uh, I don't know. I know we were going to kind of stay on topic with uh, mindset and art. Um, I didn't know where you want to go with it. Uh, But yeah, I could kind of give a little backstory if you want. Uh, Well, it's up to you, man. Um, But yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, so pretty much... um, you know, for the past decade plus, um, been running around with my, as an artist, um, working with, um, different brands, building brands and, um, yeah, traveling, uh, festival circuit, the music festival circuit, as you know, and since COVID a little bit prior to COVID, actually, I kind of made a shift. So about four years now, I made a shift to focus more at home, um, in Denver and, uh, build, build my art base here and work with, um, you know, different, uh, different brands locally and also other brands in general. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've got a new place, uh, of the last two years and I've built a studio and, um, been working on a showcase. Um, so what that is, is pretty much, I've been doing my acrylic painting. Um, that's kind of like where I'm, where my passion project is right now. And, um, you know, that's going on and I'll be doing that for the next year or so along with my other work and hopefully to build a showcase or an exhibition next year, next summer in Denver here. Um, yeah. 
a lot of good things happening alongside that. I just actually got out of a meeting with another client I'm working with. Um, we're doing, I'm doing a mural at their new business. Um, they, um, they are really excited to have me on board. We just finished pre-production of that. And now I'll be doing that for the rest of the month. I'll be in their space kind of, uh, yeah, just, you know, prepping and painting. That's what, the name of the game, throwing, throwing paint around, pushing paint. That's what we call it. So, Hey, man, that's awesome to hear. Do you have a website where people could probably look you up? Yeah, completelybonkers.com. All right, so uh, we're going we're gonna to put that up. And awesome. you and Dom live in Colorado, right? Yeah, he lives about 20 minutes south of me. <clears throat> so what, what made you guys move out there? Um, you know, I lived at, when I was 19. Um, I, I, you know, Chicago was too much and I decided to go west. I was just I was living downtown going to film film and anim- a school at film, uh, Columbia College in Chicago. Uh, so I decided to move west, went to California, did San Diego and then went up to Lake Tahoe, California. And my snowboarding has been a big passion in my life. Um, I've been snowboarding since I was 13 or 14. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of been uh, the thing that keeps me sane in the winter, I guess I would say. It's, it's, it's very uh, motivating and it also pushes me to, um, you know, keep pursuing and to keep progressing. So Denver seemed like, this was eight years ago now, Denver seemed like um, a good medium. You know, it's the center of the country. Um, my family can make it like both sides. I have a brother in LA. I've got my parents still in Chicago and it's two hour flights both way and very inexpensive usually to fly depending on, you know, how flights are. And it's just Denver's culture is so progressive. I mean, we have such a young city and it's small, but at the same time, we've, I, I will go out and I'll run into people and they'll be like, Oh, you're from Chicago apart. And it's like, we're all kind of from the same neighborhood or we, we're always one person away from knowing another person. It's really, it's wild. So um, yeah, I think that Chicago and Texas and California all, I see a lot of those transplants here. We have a very wide variety of people, Um, but yeah, the art scene's thriving here. The music scene's amazing. Um, We've got amazing venues, amazing weather. I mean, we get three, 300 plus days of sun. Um, Even in the winter, I've had days where I've up in the mountains, skiing snowboarding and it'll be snowing and it'll be like a powder day and then i'll come back down and people will be barbecuing you know and that's only like an hour and a half drive to my my local mountain my local resort that i'll ride um so yeah i mean and dom's dom's got you know obviously you're going to speak with dom too but he had uh, worked in the trade show industry for a pretty long time my father got him in a while back in chicago it's really kind of different in Chicago here. It's a lot more, I guess, loose, I would say, but Dominic's very like, you know, he's very driven in that. And, you know, he's working with a production company, um, a friend, they all kind of met and they become friends, became family. And the, the group there, he's, he runs uh, around a lot on the road now, uh, since post COVID, you know, he's had the opportunity, these things have come back because Honestly, when COVID hit, like festivals and trade shows were the first things to go. I was at a festival when the, the announcement of COVID hit. I was in a, I was in Florida at an event, and they were like, you know, they might shut it down while we're here. And I'm like, well, 
this sucks. Like, let's stay, let's, let's like, let's do our thing and just hope that it works out. And after that, everything went down and locked down and everything changed, you know, it was that time to pivot. So Colorado kept me sane during that time. I mean, I was living by Dom and um, Heather and that's his um, wife and my sister-in-law and uh, everybody kind of started working from home and we needed more space. So I ended up moving out and kind of moved, bounced around a little bit. And I lived downtown Denver. I've lived all over really during that time. And yeah, I mean, Colorado is, it's really hard to see another place. Like I've always been a Cali kid at heart. Like if I could, like I could look back at when I was in eighth grade, like whining to my mom, like I want to move to Cali. Like, let me live with my cousin. Let me live with my cousin out there. And she, my cousin at the time had, was 18 years old and had a kid. She didn't. She was not going to take on a 14-year-old delinquent that, you know, kid that's about <laughs> to, you know, about to get himself in trouble a lot. And um, so Cali's always been that place in my heart. But I, I've been visiting uh, LA a lot and uh, for art and for my brothers and you know my, uh, my family out there. And honestly, like the more I visit it, I love it, but I could only handle so much of it. And I just, something about Colorado, it's just like, all right, this is still like, I've traveled so much. I've been to Austin. Like I came to see you in Mexico city. I've been to, you know, Portland. I've been to LA, San Francisco, uh, all the, all the major cities. I haven't really spent too much time in New York, but I could already get a idea that New York's not my, really my thing. Um, so Denver's got that culture. I mean, it's very, uh, you know, like, I don't really smoke too much anymore, but it's got a huge cannabis culture and, you know, like that kind of thrives along with arts alongside with the art and alongside with like the other, you know, other industries like the snowboard and the skateboarding and that. Um, so it's very, it's very like hippie. I was just at a comedy show at Red Rocks, but they were like the one comedian. He was like, you guys in Colorado are, you know, you're a little hippie, but you got a little bit more of that South and you still, you know, and it's kind of like that. It's true. Even, Dominic's 20 minutes south of me and you'll get a lot of that like you know a little bit more like big truck feel you know kind of a rednecky a little but a lot of Denver's got this hippie kind of vibe um not so much as Boulder Boulder's known for that like really crunchy hippie um vibe up there but I mean they're beautiful places like we got the mountains at the back door and um sunshine is right now it's about 80 degrees and um yeah, it's a little dry here, though. I'll say that it's not as humid. So it's it's you come here from Mexico City and or Chicago, and you're like, my, you, you'll notice right away. Everybody's like, my lips are dry, my nose is dry, you know. So it's uh, you know, there's pro, pros and cons with every place, but yeah, Colorado became our home, and uh, yeah, my parents are actually, uh, you know, looking at they've been making the push, you know, they're retiring. My dad's about to be seventy, and you know, my brother in LA just had a kid. Um, she's one, and he can't really see himself buying anything in LA because where they live, it's very, they live like a mile from the beach. So they're renting. And so they have, everybody's kind of like, I feel like we're in the center and it's kind of pulling my family together. You know, Dom and I, and uh, my brother Joey, I think you've met him. Yeah. Um, he's a writer, he's been on a few podcasts. He's, He's traveling a lot, but um, he lives out here as well now. He just moved from L.A. out here. So everybody's kind of coming together over here. 
Well, maybe we should have Joey on here too as well to give some inputs on his writing. Oh yeah, dude. He, he, he loves talking. I mean, he's, he, I, 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 when he was in LA, I would, we'd have conversations on the phone and it would be like three hours. And he's like, why don't we have a podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, if we recorded all this, <laughs> like, I was like, man, we would, we'd go back and listen to it and be like, man, we just, it's just the thing is like, who knows, maybe one day, but I like being on other people's podcasts. Um, I like talking to other people. That's not really my thing. And I, I appreciate, like, I actually just finished. Um, I don't always listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but obviously Joe Rogan's got a very big one. And one of uh, the director, filmmakers, oh, yeah. writers, writers that I really love. Yeah. John Peters. Uh, he wrote Caddyshack and directed Caddyshack and Bat- the original Batman. And he was just, it never hurt his story. So to dive into someone like that, that I really admire through, you know, his body of work, I've never really actually got to even hear his voice, see his story. So an hour with him on jo- uh, Joe Rogan was like, wow. It was like, yeah, I just, there's so much you never know about these people. I'm a big reader. I've, I've never really gotten the time to like look up these authors but then i see them hop on a podcast and i listen to them and i'm like wow you get a little bit of their backstory it's like you really you kind of really find an appreciation for those that a lot more you know so that's what i really love i listen to podcasts like i mean i'm at i'm whether i'm working out or you know working like sometimes if i need to like focus and i need some like music that i really you know get in the flow state i'll put on music but most of the time honestly like i just love learning and i do it through podcasts mostly yeah joe rogan is definitely like a massive guy right now yeah yeah i mean podcasts like spotify signed him for like millions uh, yep yeah he's up there i mean it He's just—he never thought he never put it out to be like that, you know. He always says that, and like he just has on some great people. Like, there's a lot of them I don't listen to, you know, because it's not like something that I really, you know, like a lot of MMA. I'm not that big. I love martial arts, and you know, a lot of that other stuff. But in general, it's not like I'm always going on there when a fighter comes on. I'm not really so when it's more like someone I haven't really heard from or seen you know like we've, he's had so many people on there you just had mark zuckerberg on there so it's just like you know there's a wide variety and um i have a couple other people <clears throat> that the podcasts i really do enjoy and you know sometimes they'll just be talking one-on-one with you know the, the camera or they'll have guests on so yeah i mean it's uh i, I really do uh you know you could learn a lot from podcasts yeah i really enjoyed his um interviews with elon musk oh yeah that got him in a little bit of trouble there (laughs) (laughs) but but elon's elon a disruptor man he's i'm a a fan of his i'm not i'm not like uh, i'm not like always diving into his his personal life or his work or anything like that i'm just a big fan of you know change and i think that you know i love tesla actually i don't know if you're familiar with rivian um, the other electric car company, they just produce trucks. Um, they've been around for a while, but the trucks just got out on the market. Um, the client that I'm doing this project for, he's he just got one of the trucks. And, uh, you know, I've been actually, um, I've seen them at trade shows and stuff like that. And 
you know, I just, I, I like the alternatives. I'm, I'm looking forward to a future of electric. Um, even if we can't all have electric, I still think that, you know, there's going to be a huge population of people that will have electric vehicles. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing to see the technology advance. I was actually thinking about getting a Tesla. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're back ordered, but like they're a model three. I mean, they're not bad. I mean, compared to the other, the car prices in general right now, I mean, I drive a Toyota Tacoma and I've had people offer me cash for my truck because you can't find one. You can't get one. And it's just like, I'm not selling it because what am I going to do? I mean, the cash sounds nice, but what am I going to do? I mean, uh, that thing is, that thing has been with me for eight years now. And it's just like, it's, it's honestly the best investment. And I hate to say a vehicle is an investment, but that thing is an investment because mentally and spiritually and physically it's gotten me from point A to point B and uh, you know, between the snowboarding trips and the festivals and all those things, it is what it has served its purpose. And do I wish it was electric? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's why I, I really do love the Rivian. Look into them. Um, they're, they've had, a, I've, all, all these EV companies have had a lot of hits recently with the, you know, obviously with like the whole economy and everything. Um, so it's hard to judge where they are right now, but, you know, a 10 year and, you know, 15 year goals for these companies. I see Rivian sticking around alongside Tesla. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. not really familiar with that company. Um, maybe because I'm I'm in Mexico City and <clears> yeah, that no, I could see breath. them. Yeah, I could see them Rivian being in Mexico at some point because they are a smaller. I know every time I've gone to Mexico, you don't really have a lot of the big big trucks. Uh, you got everybody's got a lot of the smaller ones. Like Ford Ranger was around for a very long time in Mexico before it even came back to the United States. And I just see, you know, the Rivian is like a smaller base truck uh, body style. So I could see that eventually getting there. But yeah, I mean, a Tesla would be perfect out there. I don't know what your guys' gas prices are, but, um, you know, between over here, it was going crazy, but obviously it fluctuates so much. And it's just more than the gas. It's, you know, it's, it's the ability to, you know, utilize uh, an innovative technology, you know, the electric technology. So yard gas prices i i would say it's the same as you guys over there mm -hmm. just in a different currency of course because i think that get gas or oil they all sell for the same price per barrel mm -hmm. so yeah it's been it's been tough and i actually just got a COVID test i tested mm -hmm. positive so, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. How are you feeling? You didn't lose um, your taste or your smell, did you? The first time I got it, I did. Yeah. This is my second time. And all well, right now, you just have like some chest pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least we got some things to combat that. But going back onto your, what you were saying, um, yeah, it it would be great over here if we had like that company cuz we have like a major like pollution crisis. 
Oh, yeah, I believe it. I mean, and Mexico the, City's got, like, I think you're one of the largest cities in the world, aren't you? Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's, like, one or two, Yeah, depending I think on how you see it. Hong Kong and Tokyo might be a little larger, but I, yeah. I know Mexico City's right up there. So, um, yeah, especially the amount of traffic you guys have and the amount of people oh, driving. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It takes me, like, two hours to get to work. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's why I've, i'm grateful yeah that's it's really kind of what changed during covid a lot of more people you know that we were all working remote and that you know it really puts in the perspective how much time is wasted like i just went to meet with a client you know and that's 40 minutes away but 40 minutes away it's like that's over two hours of my day just in travel it seemed like because traffic and stoplights and you know, everything. I passed an accident, so I had to go around the accident. You know, it's always something. So it's like, well, two hours of my day at a prime time where I'm, you know, getting things done. It's like, oh, I could, you know, sometimes it's nice to realize, you know, I, I'm grateful that I don't have to uh, sit in the nine to five traffic because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not getting any better. Oh, yeah, it's not. Definitely over here, it's not. I think we're overpopulated. Um, it, it's it's it takes too much time to get from one place to the to the other from over here. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a solution to that. Either you got you got to move closer to work. <laughs> you know it's crazy. Um. So you live in Mexico City, and mm-hmm. your job is still like far as fuck from the city itself it's crazy mm-hmm. it's just way too big man and then yeah. like, the subway gets overcrowded or traffic is just crazy i think la has that problem too yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean every time i go to la and you go for a drive it's you we don't leave the neighborhood because when you leave the neighborhood everything you know you're in everybody's in their little like cubbies of LA and uh you know as soon as you get onto the highways the 405 or the 101 it's just like it's in their big highways it's just everybody it's a parking lot you know so it's it is really something to see you know and it, it I mean most of my family other than Dom works Dom and my mom and my dad uh everybody else works from home so all my my brother and sister-in-law in LA they work from home so um, I know that that's they have a they, my brother has an office in Manhattan Beach, which he could honestly ride his bike to if he wanted to, and to drive it's not that far. But as soon as he you know like he took me to um, they just built a new bridge to Boyle Heights. Boyle Heights is a Mexican neighborhood where they have some of the best taco trucks, and I was like yo, <laughs> I, I was like I gotta go. I was like I, you know I watch I watch a lot of uh, docu series and a lot of things where. People like, you know, uh, be like, hey, this is family owned for, you know, 20 something years. And like, we're doing our thing, you know, and I'll be like, write it down. I'm like, next time I'm in LA, go check out this place. And honestly, like, yeah, it's pretty good. We got some pretty decent Mexican food here. They're Mich- One of my favorites are Michoacan. Um, this family over here, they do a good job. Other than that, um, you know, it's kind of Tex-Mex and you're like, oh, it's garbage. <laughs> yeah 
one of the things nothing, that, nothing like mexico city man I, I honestly when you said do you want to be on my podcast i was like man i would love to go to mexico city because that al pastor i had down there was some of the best al pastor i've ever had and it, it was so inexpensive man i think it was late at night it was like i don't even remember how many pesos to the dollar but it was like a buck or something in the u.s and i was very satisfied and yeah man just a great time down there yeah actually I never liked El Pastor when I was over there. Yeah. And then I got here and it was like the best thing ever. Oh, in Chicago when we were back in Villa Park. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there is no nothing. I mean, Chicago's got great food, but nothing compares to that. Yeah, down in Mexico City, that El Pastor is definitely the best best you could yeah. find. It's <clears> absolutely <throat> like very delicious. But yeah. Uh, I wanted to touch on something that we spoke about, like like art, uh, mind, the mindset, and all mm-hmm. that. Like, uh, we grew up, and like, how has things have changed, like, in your mentality over the past years? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'd say we look at it as, man, what was the last time, like, when we were in high school, I, I don't even know how we got, you got the nickname Bones. We start with that. Because <laughs> you don't even go by Bones anymore. But we, but I know you as Bones. <laughs> well, uh, one of my names is Bonfilia, so it was just easier for people to call me Bones. Yeah, I guess, that was the only way, right? It was Bonfilio, it was Bones, became Bones, huh? I yeah. feel like I, I love that nickname and I, I hope you still rock it once in a while, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, since, since those days, man, I mean, like I, I look back at it, like I had my mentor, Mr. Fritz, uh, the art teacher. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, I love <clears throat> it, man. He changed my life too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, uh, so I could go back a little history. I was, you know, junior year. I, I, or it was actually sophomore year um wow this is going back so sophomore year i was really involved in art but at the same time i was also really involved in getting in trouble and you know doing the and doing those things (laughs) so i got kicked out of school yep (laughs) and i got kicked out of school for fighting and i thought it was easier to just hang at home i could make i was always good at making money on the side and doing things so sold a little bit of weed and snowboarded with my cousin who was already graduated or on his way out um, from high school, and he was able to drive, you know, in the winter to take us up to Wisconsin to go snowboard. So I, like, really like being out of school. But then I realized, you know, like, I wasn't learning any. I wasn't not learning anything, but I wasn't learning anything. Not that I learned much in high school anyways. But I felt that disconnect from, like, hey, you know, I'm being, I'm homeschooling now, and I miss, like, I really miss the art room. So I got in touch with Mr. Fritz. Um, my brother Pasquale was the one out in LA was always close with him and he uh, you know like he was like oh like we could get you back in you know like I got expelled but we could get you back in you know like we need to write a letter to the principal and pretty much he was willing to vouch for me because he really took a liking to me and he knew I was very passionate about animation and art in general and he you know, got me back in. And anytime I was like passing periods, I'd leave at different times during passing periods, any lunch or any free time, I'd have to be in the art room. So my last two years at high school, 
I spent in the art room. And that kind of really pushed me to pursue that. And I went to Columbia and my mindset then, you know, it was kind of just like getting by. I was always doing what other people expected me to do. You know, I was trying to fit in in high school. And then when I got to college, I was like, ah, this is not for me because it was a little bit cliquish and it wasn't as, you know, as much of like a party as like I would have wanted. So I left, went to California um, and all during that time into my 20s until when I really got into um, um, trouble, I got arrested and my I was 23. So I lived out in California for four years, four years, came back to Chicago. And my mindset during that time was, you know, it was very young. So I didn't really grasp a lot other than like, it was fun to party. It was fun to like, you know, do things and make money and all this and that. And really through my twenties, I kind of just, I kind of rode that out. You know, I had girlfriends that kind of kept me balanced, but it was always some exterior that kept me balanced. You know, it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my inner self. So I think with a lot of that, you know, once we, um, you know, we kind of rely on that and we separate and then we separate ourselves from that. It kind of, you know, it, it either, you know, it makes us, it, it, it makes us kind of, um, you know, re rethink, you know, and it's like our, that attachment, you know, and it's like an emotion from the past and experience is like a chemical residue of the past. So in a sense, like, you know, a lot of that stuff that I would let linger in my past, I'd be like, oh, I missed this, I missed that. But it was like, you know, I needed to grow from that. And it didn't happen until like COVID that I started like really reading again, got really big into a lot of, um, not necessarily self-help, but more like neuroscience. Um, people that were studying, you know, um, meditation and, you know, mindset. Um, there's so many good books out there I can name and so many good authors. Um, but yeah, I pushed myself, you know, I was always athletic, but I started to push myself a little bit more and just kind of focus on, you know, doing things that weren't so much so based on social. Cause I, during my twenties going through the festivals, it was all social, you know, like I barely created, I built brands and went to festivals, but at that time I was doing that stuff in the winter and a little bit in the summer, but from March to October, like I was traveling weekend, all the weekends, you know, and just partying and, you know, at festivals and working a little bit, but like really just kind of absorbing all that social life and that like recognition for being an artist and whatnot. You know, I worked, I worked with EDC, um, Insomniac. I've worked with a lot of the bigger festivals and got some opportunities that really kind of put the limelight on me. And, um, you know, it kind of distorted my vision of what it was, what I was and who I was. And I think that COVID kind of like was like that snapping point. It was like, hey, you know, like you may think you're an artist, but like how much time do you really put into the craft? And since then it was just like, all right, like I needed to pivot. I needed to no longer, I can't, no, I can't like put a bandaid on this anymore with my social life, with my, you know, with the women in my life and stuff like that. So I, the mindset really changed drastically at 30. I don't know if that is like a common thing for people, but I mean, maybe it was because COVID happened, but <laughs> at the same time, I mean, it like really, it really put that, you know, in perspective and my dog, Jack now he's 12 years old. So like being at home and really just being patient and, you know, like having this kind of more like 
kindred soul, I would say, you know, I just, I, I feel a lot more gratitude and I practice gratitude and, you know, I'm more patient with myself and, you know, the art is flourishing, you know, opportunities arise. And I would say this is, you know, like for the past few years, I was kind of a little bit like supplementing income with work here, work there, some gigs here, gigs there. But, you know, at one point I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I no longer need that because all I'm doing it for is really the money at that point. And it's taken me away from creating and I really don't care about the money. And obviously the money is going to fuel me, but at the same time, if I put that aside, can I create opportunities for my work? And I've been, you know, successful in that standpoint. And I've been able to focus solely on the art and, um, you know, I'll do commissions for other people, like obviously the murals and some of the clothing and other brand work I do is commission based. I just worked with a company called Liquid Death. Uh, they're a water company. They're very big into like celebrity endorsements. I'm not sure if you guys have them down there, but uh, yeah, they uh, they just came out I think last year, and then they did a Super Bowl ad, and it was like their cans look like beers. They look like tall beer cans. So like a lot of a lot of it is kind of like it's like a joke. They you know, kids will bring it to school and people, you know, it's just like a thing, but like liquid death is just like, it's just a water company. You know, they're just making water. The water comes from the Alps and they're, they do some of the seltzers and stuff too, but it's, they've got like a huge pull in the, you know, in, in the marketing world, they're amazing at what they do. Their marketing's unbelievable. They have Steve-O from Jackass do a lot of stuff with them. A lot of these other, like, they're very like punk rock. Um, so they have a lot of like more like, you know, rougher, you know, like subcultures involved in their marketing. But yeah, I just finished up a project with them. And, you know, all those opportunities lead to something new. So if I could just set aside the fact that, you know, like I, I'm, I'm kind of changing, I'm turning gears. And a lot of that with mindset has kind of just uh, allowed me to, you know, be around more positive people, less destructive, you know, and the festivals i mean like we weren't the healthiest at the festivals let's be honest like i would work all day and you know party all night and that took a toll on me um and then during covid i was like all right you know i can't do that anymore and i stopped you know i stopped doing a lot of a lot of the drugs that were involved in festivals i start i put them aside i no longer i no longer needed them you know because i always thought i needed them in order to socialize in order to be cool in order to fit in in order to be productive and you know a lot of that kind of got pushed aside and even right now it's like i barely drink i smoke you know weed once in a while it's yeah obviously i'm nothing against cannabis i love i love the flower and i think it's got a great um position in this world right now that you know a lot of people could utilize it and i i love it but obviously most of the times for me it's for recreational use so it's nice that I'm able to like kind of not use it as a crutch. And um, yeah, that was a, a big, big turning point in my life. Um, you know, nothing really too drastic, uh, you know, has happened to me. I have like, I'm very fortunate. I have both my parents, um, you know, I've lost obviously girlfriends over time, but you know, like through that we've become friends and I've found new opportunities and, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still young. I like to believe I'm still very young. I'm 34 now. So, um, yeah, got a lot of, got a, a very long road ahead of me. Um, we are 34. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. 
it it goes quick, man. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'd be grateful to have my parents out here because I'm looking at them and, you know, from afar and, you know, they're pushing 70 and it's like, I just, to me, I, during COVID, I, I, here's a little story. I went back to Chicago for three months and I was like to visit my grandma and kind of, I got caught into an old, old routine there and it wasn't good. Like I was hanging out with a girl that I, you know, it was nothing wrong with the, the, the me hanging out with her, but it wasn't going anywhere. It was very getting stuck with the old, you know, familiar self. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like I, this place, you know, like isn't for me anymore, but I went back there for my grandmother and they were kind of, they were getting put into retirement home and it was during COVID. So it was very weird. But I remember pushing her on her wheelchair. We put her in a wheelchair and pushed her into the retirement home and I pulled my mask off and I kissed her and, you know, I knew that was my goodbye, you know, and then a few months later she passed and it wasn't even, she had COVID in there and they didn't even have any symptoms from it. They were, you know, asymptomatic, but she just let go, you know, it was that point. I mean, it's, it was very sad. So when I look at that and, you know, it's no one's fault. I don't blame it on my aunts or my uncles or my parents because honestly my parents were there their entire life. They lived, we lived a mile from my grandparents my whole life and none of my other cousins, none of my other aunts and uncles lived as close and is had the relationship that we as brothers and my parents had with my grandparents. And I look at that now and I'm like, you know, I don't ever, I would never want that to ever cross my mind to think that my parents would be in a retirement home. Like right now we're looking at a property. It's a small like farm property. It's not even much of a farm. It's got a beautiful big garden irrigated and it's got a couple of small houses on the property. And I'm like, I it, dude, I, honestly, this is like, I, it's, it's like a dream. Like my parents are put a, you know, an application in and it's a very tough time in the economy right now uh, to be shooting for a home, but like it's there and I see it and I'm like, that is exactly something that, you know, we've kind of been dreaming up my brother, Joey and I, we've been talking about this home base and, you know, to have these separate properties and to have a little bit of land that my father could, you know, do his uh, farming and gardening and have chickens and, you know, do a little bed and breakfast and just cook and entertain. That's what he loves to do. I mean, he has his kitchen and he has his kitchen in the garage at home in Chicago and he just garages open and there's people walking in and out all the time, you know, like a delivery guy with yeah. FedEx used to drop off some stuff from, you know, my manufacturing, some of my merch. And he would give them like a, a fresh sandwich, you know, with like cut prosciutto and like all this other good stuff, you know, like provolone and cheese on some fresh bread and, he just loves feeding everyone. So I was like, you know, we saw this property and I'm like, that's it, man. Like I, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, like we get to this point in life and I, for me, for instance, like when I was 16, I, you know, when I was 13, I wanted to run away. Like, you know, it was just, it was like, I felt too, too much love, you know? And I, at that point I didn't know how to accept it. And I was like, Oh, I want to leave. I want to go explore. And now that I'm 34, I'm like, I, I, I'm full, it comes around full circle and I'm realizing, you know, there's nothing more to me than family, family, you know, I love my family and, you know, I have Dom here. We don't see each other that often because he travels, but like when everybody's around, it's amazing. It, it's a little stressful because I just had everybody out here last week. And honestly, like it was, I give my parents my bedroom and I stay in my studio and it, it gets a little like, you know, organizing everybody. And it was like 90 to 90 plus, it was almost a hundred degrees every day. So it was like a lot of, a lot of people everywhere and they got the baby now. And 
So it, it was like, I, I look forward to the day where I don't have to cater and organize everything out here and that everybody could just kind of be and have their own routine and live and my dad could guard it and my mom could do whatever. She loves pickleball right now. That's a popular thing in the U.S. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you ever heard of pickleball. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> uh, it's like, I don't know, it's like a cross between badminton and tennis. It's like a, I don't know, it, it's popular. It's just picked up out of nowhere and I hear everybody talking about it. But anyways, it's keeping her young, man. It's it's really just like giving her the opportunity to be out there and be on the tennis court and playing whatever pickleball. So it's great, man. Uh, that's, uh, you know, my mindset's focused solely on that, you know, helping everyone around me. And also, you know, staying, you know, creative, building the craft, because without that, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to, you know, like, honestly, like I, all I could think of is, you know, like every day I wake up, it's like, you know, to the routine, I, I have like so much focus on the art, like, there's no like, oh, what do I do today? I've never had that. I've never been bored. You know, like I haven't been bored in years, because I have so much that I like, pursue, you know, as far as a craft, I you know, if I go sit down and watch a movie, I have to know what I'm watching ahead of time. Because like, if I was to flip through, I, I would lose my shit, I would consider it a waste of time. So I'm very structured in that sense. And, you know, that mindset has pushed me I train this whole summer, I was training high elevation, we have these mountains here, they're 14,000 feet. I forget what that is in kilometers. Um, but they're the highest. <laughs> yeah, they're the highest, they're the highest peaks in Colorado. And I did the highest peak this year I ran it and I, I would time myself and, you know, I'd really push myself every Thursday. I'd be up at one, one, two AM, depending on how far the, the, the trail was. And I'd get out there, just me and myself with a headlight and I would do these and I would, you know, challenge myself every week. Um, so I, tra I was training at high elevation, high elevation and, you know, it just kind of really, it, it really, you know, get, you get that runner's high mixed with that Rocky mountain air high. And you just feel like, you know, the, you're just so blessed. There's nothing more, you know. Yeah, of course. Like, I get everything that you're saying. And I'm really glad that you're inspired, bro. Like, um, to have that inspiration every day to wake up and, you know, have something in mind or to, like, accomplish something. Thank you. And... Yeah. You know, the the years have gone. Um, I think deep down inside, we're, we're still kind of kids in some way. At least that's what Jesus said, you know. Oh, of course. I mean, I believe without that, without that youth, without seeing that like real child inside you, then you can't create, you know, the, the real child inside of me was the creative, you know, me, I'm the one that's bottled up and. I have all this baggage and all this other worries and, you know, fears. And I'm always comparing myself to someone else and, you know, what someone did to me or who cut me off in traffic. But the child, you know, the, when we were kids, like that, we were just creating, you know, like for me, I was out there, you know, building ramps and drawing. I was drawing, you know, as early as I could remember, you know, my dad always told me I was drawing like little aliens and stuff and lizards and like, I remember, you know, I remember for the most part drawing all these lizards and being creative and not really, there was no worry and concern in the world. So in order for me to create, you know, from like my true self, I have to like really get back to that child state 
you know, and how, in order to do that, I have to go on a hike. I have to go on a walk with my dog, go skate. I have to go, you know, like I just have to meditate and be like, you know, drop all the other, drop all the past and the future and just be in the present. And that's when you really, you know, you, you, you we are children, you know, Jesus is right. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, that's one of the quotes that I still remember from going like to Catholic school and shit uh, where like. You know, that Jesus says that everybody is a child, even though they're grown. So I still remember that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was very, I mean, he said he didn't say much. And like, you know, like what we have from him is very simple, you know, treat others like you would like to be treated, you know, do unto, you know, like it's just very simple, logical things, you know, and that's just that's when you really get to like, you know, self-love is the main thing. And that's what Jesus, you know, really was trying to bestow was, you know, if you could love yourself and you could love your neighbor, then it's as simple as that. But the problem is we're too worried about, you know, who has water, who has this. And especially in the digital age, it's like, we, oh, we could, I don't, you know, like I, I, I see it, you know, like we could just hop on social media and be like, oh, so-and-so has this, so-and-so has that. But like, we see, and we also see people's like 20 years, you know, like, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. Well, they spent 20 years grinding to get to that, you know, it's like, you're, we're always comparing and the comparing mind, you know, and it's going to create nothing but envy and jealousy. And, you know, that's a seven, de- that's one of the seven deaths of sin. Um, and, you know, that's just, uh, it's a horrible pace, place to live in. So, I mean, obviously it's good to see that and get motivated. That's like, that's another thing is like you could see that and get motivated, but you could also see that and get down on yourself and go eat a tub of ice cream. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Um, so touching on that, like there's, there's a lot of people that like don't like, like Elon Musk. If I could touch mm-hmm. on this person, but mm-hmm. like that, that guy kind of like came from nothing like his mind from what I know when he was a child his mind was just like continuously like trying to create things and he was going crazy about it and now that he's grown he's done a lot of things and sometimes I wonder like why can't everybody have the same like gift i would say yeah i mean i don't i don't know i mean a lot of us you know like some people are more creative than others some people are more you know um everybody's driven in a certain sort but it's also a muscle that you need to exercise we're too complacent you know um we get too we're too easily distracted by what's around us so when we're younger, you know, like the world is our oyster and we could create and do things and dance and be in flow state, but people don't know how to achieve flow state these days because they're busy working for someone else. And when they get off work, they're tired, you know, and that's really just the reality of it is how many people actually take time for themselves, you know, to, to put themselves in a position where they could exercise that muscle, you know, and really exercising that muscle, just like you exercise your body, you exercise your brain. And I could say for one, like I, 
when I was at the festivals, I wasn't as creative as I am now. And now I'm, you know, reading more and, you know, thinking more and meditating more on, you know, I love it. I love the solutions. I love the creativity. I love to be confident in that. And in order to do that, I got to continually allow myself to think, you know, envision it. What's, you know, what's this next painting going to be and what's it going to look like? What's the meaning behind it? And trust me, like I'm in the process of seven pieces that I'm about to do for my own personal collection. And I've, I mean, like, I'll, I'll literally wake up and be like, oh, I got to change this. Like, I, it's all pre-production right now. But, like, even when I'm down to, like, I don't even like my work until it's 90% done. And then I'm like, holy shit, I could go to sleep, wake up the next day, go downstairs into the studio and look at it and be like, oh, my God. Like, almost pat myself on the back, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I actually feel good, you know. It's like, why was I losing hair over this? Why was I pulling my hair out just because, like, I'm not good enough, you know. And it's like it's it's just it's forever practicing and using that muscle and like we don't do that anymore because it's so quick and easy to go home like think about this like think about it back in the day like uh you know like it was like all the creatives like elvis and back then you know even beyond that you know leonardo da vinci you know like they didn't have a lot of these people they didn't have the distractions we have today it's so easily to go. It's so easy to go on TikTok and be distracted. It's a dopamine fix, you know. Like a, you go into the brain science, you know. I'm sure you know a little bit about this, you know. Dopamine. It's like the, the reward center, you know. It's so it's like we want that quick reward, and the more you do that quick reward of scrolling and seeing things and laughing of that and this and that, and the more you grab your phone and that becomes habit, that's a quick reward. Your body's making that habitual. It's a mechanic now. That's extension of you. It's an extension of your arm. So when you go to bed at night and that's the last thing you see and that's the first thing you see when you wake up, that is programming you to create that quick reward. And in order to really change that, you have to have the willpower to do things that are challenging, you know, and like I was never a fast reader. I'm very slow still. I'm reading a Stephen King book right now. I'm like, sometimes I'm sitting there like, God, I can't even focus on the words, you know, like I'm too busy <laughs> thinking about something else. But it's never, it's same with meditation. People are like, oh, I can't meditate. I have no time. I, uh, I can't sit, and, I can't sit and clear my thoughts. You know, I'm like, you're never going to, people have been meditating their whole life. They're never going to be able to just sit and get rid of everything and be a, this, you know, like floating monk, you know, it's never that. It's about an awareness. It's about acknowledging the thoughts that are in your mind that are passing and then letting it go and coming back to your breath. And the more you could do that, the more you exercise that, the more you have the willpower to do things that are creative, innovative, the more you have the power to become the next Elon Musk, you know, and you're never too late. You know, you got guys like Gary Vee out there. I'm not sure if you know who Gary Vee is. He's a huge entrepreneur. Um, he's done amazing things and he's done amazing things for his communities. Um, he has a very big following and he's made some of those people very wealthy and inspired them to become you know, entrepreneurs and start businesses and create these Fortune 100s, Fortune 500s. Uh, amazing. I mean, he's some people don't like him as well because the way he, you know, his, his, the way he talks and the way he kind of just really puts it out there. He just speaks the truth. And I didn't like him at first. And for a long time, I was like, oh, this guy is just whatever. But he, he knows his shit. He's on it like rapid fire. Like he will, he will literally. You, you say something and he'll just kind of spell it out. There's a solution to it and he'll put you in your place and you're just like, Oh, okay. Like this all makes sense. So what really comes down to is, you know, like 
first you have to have goals. You have to, you know, want to be creative. You want, if you want to be the next Elon Musk, well, why, you know, why, why, why do you want to be the next Elon Musk? Why do you want to be that? Well, I, want, I don't want to necessarily be Elon Musk, but I want to be creative. I want to develop the next electric car company. Okay. Well, you want to develop the next electric car company. What's inspiring you? You know, what's, what's the motivator? What's get you, what's getting you out of bed in the morning? You know, because when you wake up to an alarm, that's just, that's just goes to show that you need something to wake you up. You know, when you wake up with passion and your passion wakes you up and God forbid, uh, I mean, I've been trying to get better sleep, but like I was up at two this morning and you know, it was just like, I have so much going on with these projects and it's, it, and it's not a bad thing. It's just that I know that I needed more sleep. So I spent an hour of that morning meditating and then I go to the gym and, you know, by 4am when it opens, I'm there and then, you know, doing my thing. So it's just, you really got to exercise the things that are going to get you to your goal. And you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to go to the gym and put all these weights on this bar and throw it up. You know, like I actually just getting back into the gym because I took time off because I hurt myself running doing those 14ers. And I was like, all right, now focus on yoga at home. So I focus on yoga more at home. And now I'm back in the gym and I'm like, I lifted some weights the other day and I'm like, man, I can't lift my arms right now. And I barely lifted weights, but I'm like, that's the same thing. It's muscle memory. Same with your brain, same with everything, you know, that willpower. It's like a, it's like a rubber band. You need to stretch it. And that's the big thing is people don't want to be creative because it's too easy to pick up your phone. It's too easy to turn on the TV. It's too easy to go to McDonald's and get a burger, you know? Um, and that's just, that's the reality of it. And it's sad to see it, but that's why I want to be, you know, like the art is really a, it's passion. That's a, that's where I'm at right now, but 10, 20 years, that's, I believe that's going to be in my back pocket and I'll be doing that and it'll just flow. But like, what I really want to do is, you know, focus on things that need solutions, you know, like mental health, you know, mental health is huge. You know, we, we're going through a crisis. I've lost a lot of my friends um, dear to me to mental health issues. You know, some friends you probably know that I won't speak their name. You know, and it's like, it's hard. It really, you know, I, sometimes I, I see someone like that looks like him on the street. It look, reminds me of someone that's struggling with mental health or I get a little sign from the universe that, you know, reminds me of them. And I, you know, I kind of tear up and I, I feel this real, this real like, uh, you know, incompetence in my heart, like I should be doing more. And I know that, I know deep inside that's like, okay, that's something that I'm, I'm pursuing. You know, I'm implementing that now so that in 10 years, that's a goal of mine, you know, that's going to be worked in or climate crisis, you know, like this year we've had a hundred degree weather in Denver and it's been crazy hot. And, you know, I'm not saying that like, you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in the climate crisis and so be it, whatever, you know, like I definitely believe in it cause I'm a snowboarder and I see a lot of the, the change over the, over my lifetime in the weather yeah. patterns, you know, I'm very big into watching the weather. So it's hard for someone to say that to me when I see things from my lens and I believe that, so I'm going to pursue that. Or we go into the, the, the way, go back to where we were, the children, you know, what are children going to do with these technologies, with the, with the COVID keeping them home, the social aspect, like how are we going to get children to be inspired, to be the next Elon, to be the next, you know, the people that step out, you know, not more than Elon, to be anyone, you know, Steve Jobs. He, I just finished Steve Jobs' book this summer. I'm like, he 
even though he was very, people were very big and like, oh, he was so mean and this and that. And it was like, all right, that's one aspect of him. But like, without that, we wouldn't be where we are today with all this technology. And, you know, like, you know, he was, a, you know, he was very critical and he demanded a lot out of people. And that was becoming a popular thing for people to act like Steve Jobs that were running these tech companies out in, you know, Silicon Valley. And like, the thing is like, we, they're not really, you know, like that's not the, what you should grasp from someone like Steve Jobs. What you should grasp from him is, is his, you know, relentlessness to, to be innovative, to, to think outside the box, to really have, you know, like he had a house that he never even, you know, furnished because he was so particular about, you know, he never really, he didn't really care about that. He was sitting on the floor and it was because he loved, he loved that perfection you know, like that was his quality was like, he loved things that were perfect. People were saying he's crazy because he's spending so much money on the, the look of this computer when no one really cares what it looks like, but he did, you know, and look, look at his packaging, look at the MacBook pro, look at all the computers and that even the iPod, like those things, it, it's so simplicity. It's such a minimalist form. And that's what he saw, you know, and he developed everything to the, the Apple stores, you know, the glass on their windows and the stairs and all these things like he's everything he did was very particular. And he just really had that vision. And, then, you know, like, what are these children doing nowadays? You know, like they're becoming Insta famous or, you know, TikTok famous and like they're being diluted. And we're all we are is clicking likes because this girl has a really nice ass. And don't get me wrong, like <laughs> she deserves to have five million, five million hits on that ass, you know, like it looks amazing. But at the same time, that's like that's diluting. That's literally just it's 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 we're going in this world. I don't know if you ever heard of this movie, Idiocracy. It's no, you need to check it out. I mean, it's so funny. It's 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 an older, a little older of a film. It's got this guy, the actor Luke Wilson in it. Anyways, it's really funny. And it kind of when Trump went in the office, it reminded me that's where we're going. Everybody's like, well, it's just like everybody's talking out their ass. You know, no one really knows what they're saying. And everybody's separated. You know, it's like we're in a nation right now, especially, you know, like some of our economies. I don't know how you guys are doing down in Mexico, but like we've got, you know, the we've got inflation on one hand and we got the economy on the other hand, you know, and it's a teeter totter. And it's like, well, when unemployment goes up, then, you know, like the economy starts struggling. And then when inflation goes up and, you know, people are working, then people have to work harder or they have to get paid more. There's really, you know, like there's no there's no structure to that because we're fighting and, you know, we're fighting both ends. And the thing is, it's like, well, it's these generations before us. It's, this, it's what has happened. And what we need to fix, there is solutions. And if we could just have some of these children you know, focus on things that they may be creative and innovative and have a different solution, have a different viewpoint, you know, with their plastic minds and be like, hey, I see something like I could be the next this. And you know, like, I really hope that I could be a part of that. I hope that I could be, you know, like what Mr. Fritz was to me, he was my Mr. Feeney. I don't know if you remember Boy Meets World, but yeah. Mr. Feeney was that mentor and like the, to the uh, character. In it. And I always thought of him like that. And I was like, if I could be like that, if I went back to school to be a teacher, you know, later in life, maybe that'd be cool. But like, I think it's bigger. I think it's more grandiose. And it's like, all right, how can I do this with nonprofits? How can I do this, you know, to like really just, you know, with a voice? So I think that's a huge part. You know, I really, I really think that the younger generations 
um, you know, like they need self-control. They need to not be, you know, des desensitized from all they see from, you know, I mean, we grew up, Grand Theft Auto was a little later in our lives. It wasn't like when we were really young, but like you look at these kids now that are growing up with like, they're pretty much born into this virtual reality world and they're able to kill and do this and do that. And like, we have a big school shooting problem out here. And like, it's like these kids don't, like these people don't understand the value of life you know when you start to take your life or take someone else's like you really you really desensitize yourself and that's the thing is we're going into that world where people are becoming desensitized and you know they're just they're very they don't they don't think from within they don't have that inner light you know they just kind of go with this you know they're they have whatever their parents are putting on them you know they're growing up and they're seeing things around them and their environment and they're being bullied and this and that. And it's like a lot of that, you know, is just going by on the radar because we're too busy, you know, focused on this rat race and making money. And, you know, who gives a fuck about what's happening next door? You know, like I'm worried about me, you know, and that's the problem. You, um, you're really smart, Julian. Um, uh, you have a lot of, views that i agree with and i don't know if you know who ben shapiro is yes uh, i love ben shapiro he's got some um, interesting views i i spoke to him once and he was saying all these things that you were saying and i always thought myself as a as a person who had more liberal ways of thinking like all these things that you're mentioning right now, like it's some of the same things that he has said, and he's a very conservative person. And then, like you said, you know, like back in the day, things were a little different. And now we're living in a world where some, some things are way out of control. Like you don't see like your mass shootings in the US here in Mexico because I think the federalities would just kill you. Mm. Um, yeah. There's 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 differences between countries that in the US is permitted like inflation. I was I was just looking at the other day where like the whole Ukraine Russia shit. Mm -hmm. The U.S. put a lot of sanctions on there. Yeah. So did NATO, and it ended it ended backfiring on them. Yep. And yeah. sometimes I feel like it's better if, as a nation, you should just like take care of yourself and not get involved in third party shit yeah it's it's very i mean that's that's very uh tough i mean that's a whole nother topic and i think that you know it's it's very tough and we're coming from you know you're in mexico and i'm in america like you're right i mean like it's two totally different nations and you know we have all of us have our own different problems going on and it's it's very unfortunate to see people of power you know, utilize their power to become dictators and become, you know, bullies. And I just, it's, we're becoming very polar opposite. You know, this is 
I could get a little bit more into the spiritual side here. We're good. We just left the age of Pisces and that's, you know, very big in uh, religion in the past uh, years, you know, like you see the, ha- the, the fish, the duality, that's two fish. So this is very separated and we're going into the age of Aquarius. And the thing is in order for it to get better, it has to get worse. It always does. So like we're in America, we're seeing this separation, this very left and right. And I think that, you know, like the problem is one of the main problems is we're not far off, you know, like a lot of these like gun rules, like all these stupid things that are going up, like abortion, like these people aren't very far off from understanding and being right in the middle. But the problem is when you when you have an ego and you allow your ego to to ride, you know, ride the driver's seat, then your ego is just like, oh, I can't. Why would I want to believe what this other person believes? Oh, you know, like it's just you you start like whether it's about gay rights or whatever it is, it's like it's really about, you know, just understanding. If you could just drop your ego for one minute and just listen to the other party and understand and then they drop their ego and listen to the other party and you understand, then you're just literally about to come into this middle ground and there's a solution to everything. But we're over here too busy on bickering who's better, who's worse, who's right, who's wrong. And it's very unfortunate because we're creating this for the younger generations. We're so short. Our lifetime is so short on this planet. Like we honestly, like we could be, a, you know, like think about it. Like we, we are living the longest we've ever lived in history. Like people's life expectancy back, you know, Oregon Trail, people were dying on the Oregon Trail just trying to make yeah, it west. 30, you know, 30, 30, 40 years old. Like. I would be literally considered, you know, like ready to go. 34 years old, both of us. Like we might be only have a couple of good more years in us. But now I'm looking at it like, dude, I'm going to live to be over 100. I guarantee it. If I don't get, God forbid, I, you know, anything <laughs> happens to me, like, uh, you know, like, you, you know, you just dealt with some grief and you just lost someone very dear yeah. to you. And that's like, it's very tragic. But at the same time, it's like, w- you know, what can you do? to take that energy and to bring it forward, you know, to be like, this was someone that was dear to me and I know life goes on, but I need to move forward and to live life with gratitude to be like, Hey, I have legs. I see someone without legs. I see someone with disabilities. And I'm like, Hey, I don't have that disability. I'm grateful. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, God, my legs work. Like my eyes work. My, my taste is there. My smell is there. I could hear like what better things to be grateful for than that. And it's like, then we go into this material, this exterior world, and it's like all this other shit. And it's like, oh, what do you want to absorb today? Well, there's this, there's this going on in the world. There's this. Let's just throw more shit at you. Like it's shit on top of shit. But it's like, then you forget, you know, you forget the magic of life. You forget what it's truly about that we're only, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. The only thing guaranteed is death. So it's like, why don't we just live a little bit? And in the sense of living, you don't, it doesn't mean go out and, just fucking go rage, you know, and party your ass off. It means be grateful for what you have and do something with it. Do something positive, be an impact in the community. Like I have, we moved into a community here that has an HOA and that's like a homeowners association. And when we moved in, we had like the trucks and the trailers, they weren't very fond of it, you know, like, but we were working households and they got to meet us and they were like, Oh, my roommate is a carpenter. He could repair everything. So, we're repairing stuff. We're cleaning the neighborhood. You know, we're neighborhood watch. We're keeping eyes on things. They absolutely love us. Like I brought homemade pizzas. I have a pizza oven in my backyard. I brought homemade pizzas to an event and they were just like, 
they these older women that are part of the HOA, they're just like they they just literally walk past the house now. I see them walking their dogs because I'm in my office in my bedroom in front, and I just see them smile. You know, like it's just I, we've created that impact in our community, and it's like, well, if you could do that in that small of a standing, then it's like, all right, now go out in the world and like what's next? You know, it's like if you could do that, if you could be grateful for that and have that impact. But two people, too many people are over here like, no, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to throw my cigarette butt out the window. I'm going to go throw this garbage here. I'm going to, you know, flick off someone that cut me off in traffic. You know, it's like you're too busy living in this. You're too busy letting other people control your emotions. And when you allow other people to control your emotions, then you become this, this, uh, you, you start to live from a sickening state, you know, and you create, this is how cancer is created. This is how diseases started, you know, like, it's it's very unfortunate that we live in such a world right now that we are we are exposed to so much, but we allow that exposure get to us, you know. And and I think that like as a nation and as a community, like we have a lot to do on the in interior self, you know. Like I'm very big into. I wish honestly, I'm very sad that I'm very sad and inside that we weren't taught breath work, we weren't taught how to breathe, or even like really just kind of center ourselves in school like I've, i have a lot of friends that took ritalin and adderall growing up and you know all these different things these concoctions of drugs and it might be the reason why some of them are the way they are now and like some of the things that they're dealing with you know like health issues and other things and it's like if we could just take the time and teach you know in class like hey here's first period like kids should get a little bit of exercise early in the day and they should also probably get sleep in more you know like kids growing probably need a different like I've, I've heard that they need more sleep than that like some of the kids in impoverished neighborhoods you know they have to give up get up even earlier to catch the bus to do this to do that they get less sleep than the people that live close to school to get dropped off and then they're dealing with this and then they're dealing with the pressure from school and all these things and it's like how can they feel anything positive inside when society is just putting all this this pressure on them so like what I'm very saddened about is the fact that we don't really we don't really cater to the children the way that we should with the, the, the with the science we have, you know, the science that they need a little bit more sleep, that they need a little bit of exercise, that they need to learn how to breathe and learn how to, you know, control their emotions and, and to understand their emotions more than control them and to just be okay and to look inside and be like, hey, you know, like I think I want to be a, a filmmaker. I think I want to be, a, you know, a, a woodworker. I don't think, you know, like I don't, too many people are pushing on, uh, you know, all this, this heavy stuff for kids to feel these expectations. And now you have all this, this comparison in the world. And it's like, you know, if we could like allow the, the younger generations just kind of to understand, you know, there's a lot of interior work that needs to be done before you could start, you know, like, showing yourself to the world too many people are like oh i need to get in a relationship and get married i need to buy a house right down the street from my parents i need to have some kids you know like too many people are relying on exteriors to make them happy oh she makes me happy he makes me happy it's like well can you make yourself happy can you be happy before you give yourself to someone else that's why we see someone failing marriages like people are people don't know themselves so they start to know others and they don't know themselves so then you got this feud and everybody's trying to have this, you know, this battle. And it's just like, well, that's how relationships fail. You know, it's, it's very unfortunate that, you know, we, we don't take the time to do the interior work. 
I think that's a great point of view and totally agree with you. And uh, I thought that myself uh, a lot of times, you know, especially the whole children's part where like you don't really consider some some things that could be better for them but you know it is it is what it is one of the last points i want to uh talk to you about was how do you, how do you feel about artificial intelligence in the next couple of 5 <laughs> to 20 years well um actually just recently i've dabbled on some of these ai programs um we have art 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 we have ai generating art and it's very interesting because some of it's just very amazing and um you know it's like you just type in keywords and then this program pretty much just generates it you know you say like all these different things you know like surreal and you know, a picture of a, you know, or a sun with fish, or you just keep on putting keywords in and it'll just give you this mystery image and you could keep on fine tuning in and whatnot. And it's weird that AI could create art, but we're looking at AI as like overall sense. Like, I mean, look at like Facebook changed their name to meta, you know, like that's just, we're like, we're going there. Like I'm a huge science fiction fan. So like, I don't know if you're familiar with Ready Player One, um, Ready Player One was a book and it became a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. And it's a great movie. You should definitely check it out. But it's pretty much about these, this future of um, these, this, these kids living in this place called the Oasis. And you go to school in there, you go do all your things and you, could, you, could, you pretty much live in this, in this virtual reality world. And you can only be in it certain hours of the day because obviously health issues and you can't be in there too long. But like we are not far from that. A lot of the science fiction that I've read, I believe we're very close to, and especially seeing how far we've come since we were kids, you know, since AOL days, you know, to now. <laughs> it's like, dude, dial-up dial modem, dial-up internet to literally like, why is my 5G not working? Why is, this, why is this taking more than a second to load, you know? Like to, you know, like putting on some of these, I mean, I've put on uh, the Oculus and things before and, and you like really could transcend, you know, your physical world. Like you really could be put there. So AI Send is pretty crazy. <laughs> I, I think it's crazy. And I mean, but it also has some very good advantages. Like look at back to Tesla, like they're, they're innovating the, you know, the driving and it's like AI driving. It's like having that, that might solve the problem. Like we have people on their phones that are driving that aren't paying attention. I just saw a pretty serious accident and I'm like, well, was that person on their phone? Like, what was going on? Because the speed limit on that street was 30 miles per hour. I don't know what that is in kilometers. Um, but anyways, it's a very sl slow street. You know, it's not fast at all. And there was a pretty serious accident. So it's like, what's going on? Maybe if we have the AI, obviously it's scary too. What if it's, you know, what if it goes against us? You know, like, what if it takes over? Like, there's always that because science fiction is not far from what's What do you happening. think about Neuralink? Uh, Neuralink. Oh man, I've 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 wrote like stories about Neuralink, and I've read so many things about different things like sci-fi that was Neuralink, and it's crazy that th that's even a thing right now in my lifetime. Like I didn't think that would be like a thing until we were like 60, 70, 
but <laughs> what do I think about it? I mean, it's it's just wild. I mean, I'm I'm up for anything. Like, you know, like I'm up for cloning at this point. You know, like I'm not against anything. It's not me. But I'm just saying, like, whatever we need to do to develop as a species, but like, let's be, let's do it with like consideration. Let's do it with this, with this like organic, you know, let's remember where we came from. Like, uh, you know, like if we could take a little bit of like the native wisdom, you know, and this like spirit from the earth and like while we pursue this, this, the Mars, you know, while we pursue Mars and we do it with this like ethical, like, you know, standpoint, maybe there's something there, like, I don't, I don't know because like I, it, that stuff is kind of like just so far out there. I just, I, I, I'm too, I'm too much of a hippie inside to let that one go and just be like, Hey, this is the way of the future. But I also like, I love innovation. And like I said, I love sci-fi. So I think that that'd be cool to see, you know, like that. I mean, like maybe that could help people in the future. Like maybe this is stuff we could rewire people's brains that are suffering from, you know, um, schizophrenia and other mental illnesses, like maybe there's things that we could do to further ourselves as a humanity, as, um, you know, a species. And, you know, you know why Elon Musk is creating that, right? Um, I really don't know why he's creating it. If you could elaborate on that. Supposedly because AI was like prematurely put out there. And so he wants to give the human race, like, a chance, like, once AI goes, like, fucking Terminator style. Like, <laughs> well, I, I hope I have my home in the mountains or woods. I hope, I have my, I hope I'm on my farm at that point. But I believe it, though. I mean, Elon said it sincerely. I remember seeing him on one of these videos, and he was just very sincere that, like, AI could easily go against us, you know, like. the thing is like computers are so much smarter than us you know like i I was working at university of illinois um and i got to see a supercomputer for the first time back in the day and the thing was like the size of a fridge but like it could do the calculations of what it was able to do the calculations of what like i forget how many people and like how many lifetimes in a matter of like seconds or a matter of minutes it was like it literally took people's lifetimes and put it down to seconds in wow. in math mathematical sense. But I also think that there's, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent because there's also a lot of stuff that happened, I believe, with the pyramids and a lot of this other, you know, like ancient um, technologies. <laughs> I believe that there's a lot of technologies and math- mathematics there that, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we, we push away, you know, there's a lot of things, everything has a mathematical equation and like that was human made i believe that there was i mean i i believe that they had some not necessarily no not human as in us definitely not that because we're too dull we don't we don't have that innovation in our brains but there is definitely human workings with it also with whatever else you know some higher intelligence you know there's a lot of things i mean even i believe like i mean nicholas tesla you know like uh he actually worked with a guru, you know, like he had a guru, you know, in parts of his life. And it's like a lot of these people that were, you know, even Da Vinci, like they, they studied and they also, you know, there's parts of their lives where they just kind of disappeared or like something happened, you know? And it's like, well, what happened there? You know, like, how is he so amazing? How did he create so much 
in such a short lifetime, you know, and like so innovative. And it's like, yeah, well, we go back to the thing that we also have a ton of distractions nowadays. But also, I believe that, you know, there is, you know, there's a source energy. And if you could tap into it, then, you know, maybe maybe, you know, everything you need to know already. Maybe you are the next Elon Musk and you just need to be able to achieve that that state of mind, you know, that that be able to tap into the source energy. And how do you do it? I mean, I don't know. Some people would say drugs. Some people would say meditation. You know, I don't know. Have you heard so, of ayahuasca? Yes, I'm very familiar with ayahuasca. I've been, I've, it's been, it's been a part of, it's been a part of who I wanted to go as a journey. I mean, we have it in the States here, but I also know like a couple of people that say, you know, this, this retreat down in Peru or this retreat in Costa Rica you know, and I've, I think that it's coming closer to that point in life where I probably will go to a retreat and do ayahuasca. Um, it's become very mainstream. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's one of our like most famous quarterbacks. He, uh, yeah, I know him. He recently did ayahuasca and he, he actually, yeah, he actually did ayahuasca before he, he never won, he never won the Super Bowl and then he did ayahuasca and he won two Super Bowls. So it's just funny to say, because everybody's like, you know, he went on a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts is Aubrey Marcus podcast. And uh, he's the creator of On It, On It Nutrition. And um, they have a product called Alpha Brain, great product. Uh, They have a lot of other stuff on there as well. But he was on there and he's friends with Aubrey Marcus. And he was talking about, you know, it's just funny because like, he was like, wait a minute, you did ayahuasca and won two Super Bowls. Like, maybe that was it and maybe that was all you needed to like unleash that beast inside of you you know that so ayahuasca is very it was very scary for a long time but now that i see like it becoming more um you know like what we consider that more like modernized i guess or whatever you know it's less taboo and it's more of like hey you could go to retreat in sedona arizona or i could go to actually we have some in colorado like I have uh, friends that have done, I'm very big into like frogs and stuff. And I have some friends that have done Cambo <laughs> and other frog medicine. So, I mean, the, all the, the plant, the plant medicine journey is, is definitely um, in very interesting. And I, I, I'm excited to see what the future holds because there's a lot of work that could be done there. And we just decriminalized uh, psilocybin magic mushrooms out here in Denver, and which seems so far-fetched. Like, how is that a thing? But it's decriminalized. And there's so much work that could be done there to treat PTSD. I mean, there's there's so much science showing all this that, you know, like people on their deathbeds, you know, dying from cancer that are induced with psilocybin and able to become like pain free and be okay with dying. You know, that's just miraculous. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs says that LSD was one of his, it's not his greatest. It wasn't like his, you know, number one thing, like, you know, he puts it up there though. He says LSD, it's a very big, it was a component into his life that really pushed him to, you know, be innovative and to where he went. And he, he, he marks it as something that really kind of, um, you know, pushed him to pursue and be creative. Think so outside the box. Harrison from the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a reason why it was founded and there's a reason why it's there. And I mean, look at the subculture it created. 
and all the hippies and the love. But like a lot of that stemmed into the, you know, into the tech industry, you know, a lot of that creative side, um, you know, that's, there's, there's so much that we could learn from that. Um, obviously you have to be careful because, you know, the mind is very easily plays tricks on you. And so, you know, <laughs> so, uh, I actually went to one of these retreats. Oh, you did ayahuasca. Yeah. And. Well, I did it after um, that incident that I told you about because I needed like, yeah. some, like some closure and some therapy. Wow, amazing! How did how did that experience go? I I did see that person, and it was like all right, it, it was like a goodbye. Wow. Um, the crazy thing was that for some reason I started hearing like the fucking Pennywise song. <laughs> like the it movie. That yeah. Song music. Oh, like that. Wow. Like that movie. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it was a shadow side, huh? Something dark there where. Yeah. But... So I, I got up there because I don't know where I, I was just taken to like a whole different universe. And that music started playing, and but then it stopped once once she showed up, and mm. I was trying to get close to her, but like the hardest part was like trying to get close to her because if I tried, she would just get further away. So I just had yeah. to like stand there for a bit. And she wow. was like, we're, "It's it's all good. Everything's okay. Everything's gonna be okay." That's amazing. I gotta yes. imagine how I gotta imagine how challenging that was. Just even, I mean, to to go with that after you know after that experience to go into an ayahuasca uh, ceremony, and you're not big into psychedelics, I believe, and no. um, <laughs> that. So I mean, you're going into it for the healing. And um, how was the retreat? Where did you have some good uh, maestros or shamans there? Oh yeah, the shamans. Um, they they were pretty good. Good. They 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 taught me a lot. And basically, what they told me was that, you know, I I may still be in this world, but she's in a whole different world where she like could still see me and stuff like that. And. I guess that's what the ayahuasca is a, comes into play, so I could like make communication. Mm -hmm. And yeah. but I don't know. I'm supposed to have like a second session, but that first experience, I I was like, um, kind of like, I'd, uh, I I I rather just let things be. Yeah, because I don't want to like. What if she tells me something that I don't want to hear, and then I'm gonna be stuck with it? Hmm. Very interesting. I don't. Know. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's Mother it's Ayahuasca. Crazy. Mother Ayahuasca is very, uh, very divine. I believe that you know anything that you experience through that, um, especially if you have good shamans, is something that will always heal you. 
Um, I don't personally know because I've never actually done ayahuasca yet. So um, we have a form of it here. It's called DMT. It's but it's very it's very light. I mean, you smoke it and, you know, like you start to see like a kaleidoscope and like, you know, like things start to like you, you get a sense of like you, you definitely become dissociated and, you know, you start to feel this heavy wave of energy. But I could only imagine that ayahuasca is like that times a hundred and you know like yeah Mine the main liquid form yeah you drank it yeah and i you threw tea. up <laughs> you, oh of course yeah oh yeah everybody purges of some sort did you fast at all beforehand yeah you have okay. to fast before yeah and yeah the moment i drank it like five minutes later like i i was just throwing up yeah and then it's like going to sleep. And then the whole illusion or whatever it is happens. Mm-hmm. But it was very crazy because I felt like I was in outer space before yeah. I got to, to be with her. Quantum field. I mean, it's a, there's, a, you know, there's dimensions and there's, you know, there's, there's so much possibility out there, you know. And like I said, the mind is, the mind is very powerful, but at the same time, that you know that that's a that's a very strong experience and i think that it's amazing that you were able to go and do that um with such you know with such tragedy that just recently happened and you know carrying grief into it um you know a lot of people bottle that up and you know find themselves in depression and everything like that but like like we said life is very short and life goes on and it's amazing that, you know, she was able to present herself and say everything is okay. You know, like that's, I mean, it seems like you've got something out of it that could, you could carry on and yeah. move on with, you know? Yeah. I think that the message that I heard was enough for me to like move forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like, see anything else because that was that was sufficient for me but yeah mm-hmm. yeah when everything happened i was going like darth vader mode bro yeah you know very, I was very dark yeah and that but... helped that did help it it made me feel better and right now i just want to be okay and that's yeah. that's why I got this podcast and everything. Um, yeah. Trying to do a lot of things, but yeah, yeah. The, uh, when everything happened at first, I was, I was like turning to the dark side. Of course, of course, I could only imagine. I mean, that's it's very tragic, and you know, to, to you know, to go through that experience. Yeah, the that's. Ayahuasca came to you at the perfect time. I believe that that all happened because you needed, you know, your purpose is bigger than resorting to the dark. You know, obviously we all have that dark and light, but at the same time, you know, it's like you need to remove the mask of Darth Vader and see that you are that, you know, that that is you and to be okay with it. You know, like Luke Skywalker did. He removed the mask and saw himself and it was like, well, that's, that's the hero's journey. That's that. He, you have to be the hero of your story and i believe you know 
that tragedy is going to be, it's going to be something, you know, like you're not going to be okay, you know, like, but you're going to learn to, to be okay, to, to kind of find that, that comfort and that reassurance to, to stride for something more knowing that life is, you know, such a precious gift and that, you know, you've lost someone dear to you and at such a young age and that, that there, I could only imagine her family and everything, you know, like there's a lot of grief. And I think that, you know, your experience, you need to, you started the podcast, you know, like these are the things that are you're implementing and you're putting into your life that are going to give you that, that ability to, you know, to, to grow and carry that spirit on. And you don't necessarily need to go do ayahuasca again, but you need to remember that, you know, that you had that, that, that closure, but at the same time, that doesn't mean it's gone forever. Like he said, like your shaman said that she's able to see you and that energy is still there. Like we are in a web of energy. And if she's able to present herself while you're on mother ayahuasca, and she's able to give you that insight and that little bit of hope that means that you need to take that and go on and you can't you can't allow you could you could have that feeling you could cry you could feel that you could feel vulnerable but you can't live in that you can't really hold that to the point where it ruins a full day you have to allow that stuff to pass and that's i believe that's you know that's what's going to take that that exercise in that muscle that that journey is going to be tough, you know, and not a lot of people know that I personally don't know, what, you know, what you're feeling. You only know and no one else could take that away from you. But at the same time, you know what it means to grow from that and to carry that on and to allow that light, you know, to, to do things that are creative, to, you know, to give you that outlet. So I think it's, a, it's amazing. I'm, I'm very proud of you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like... <laughs> I've done, I've done so many drugs and I, you know, like to, if, <laughs> if God forbid, like anything was like to happen that, like that to me in my life. I don't know if ayahuasca would be the first thing I, I'd be terrified, you know, like I'm too much of a wussy, you know, like I'm like, shit, like would I go to ayahuasca? Like, I, I feel like there's a lot, you know, like that would be brought up. It's very, you know, the stories you hear and everything like that. And it's just, that's very real. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Congrats to you for, you know, taking that step into the unknown, jumping in the cold water and, um, you know, grasping something from it that is going to be with you forever. Yeah, man. Of course. So I'll take all that and thanks. And we're going to see where we go from here. How long have you guys been doing this now? Um. A couple of months. Nice. We got canceled by Marcus because he he said some things that <laughs> weren't supposed to be said. Oh, on Spotify in general. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know you could say stuff. That was. <laughs> I thought we had a freedom of speech here. <laughs> <laughs> well, at 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 a certain point. Okay. So uh, I had to like do all this like. Imagine if, yeah, imagine if it was like the political route or anything that was like, you know, like, I feel like I get it. I don't know exactly what he was saying, but I could see where like, they'd be like, that's not, that's not cool. Like, you can't just, you know, like, there is, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, 
you know, it's awesome podcast. Like you said, like we're able to talk about ayahuasca and, you know, all these other things in life and stuff like that. And I think that's the route, you know, like, I don't know what your theme is around your podcast, but in general, like, I think that that's so inspirational to, you know, have that. And obviously there's always, you know, the pros and cons and we could always talk, everybody could always talk politics, but like at the same time, you know, like, there's, there's so much to be learned from, you know, your guests and from you. And I think that's why I love Joe Rogan's podcast is like, he's, he wasn't very bright. He's still not the brightest, but he acknowledges that. And there's some things you'd say, he'd say and be like, are you kidding me, Joe? Did you really say that? But he brings on some very (laughs) intelligent people, like some people that are like masters of their craft and people that are astrophysicists. And he just, you know, has three hour conversations with them. And it's like just being around those people, like that is that is just like a dream come true. Like the dude is like he's he's making an insane amount of money and he's doing what he loves to do. And he's talking to some of the most amazing people, which is only going to, you know, bring more amazing people in your life. So with that being said, I hope you have, you know, amazing guests come on. And I hope that that leads to more amazing guests and you get some really, um, really beautiful material from that yeah that's that's where i'm trying to see where it goes i mean i just do it just to like you know have a good time have a conversation about a lot of things and well well, i hope one day i fly down to mexico city and i could you know we could sit at a table together and you know have this podcast again in in person you know (laughs) Uh, that would be cool so I have three minutes left on this um, okay. session. So I want to thank you, Julian, for uh, being a guest in our podcast, the Keep Them Dry podcast. Um, where where can people find your artwork once again? Um, you could go. My website is completelybonkers.com. Um, I am Instagram just completely underscore bonkers on underscore um all my logos are a frog so very easy to find and yeah i mean i've got other i have facebook group um completely bonkers crew i've got a pretty solid following there i'm not i am actually working on my social media side a little bit more i'm actually and where my team is looking for a social media manager so i could hire someone on to be a little bit more you know involved in that space because i do lack in there um but yeah follow me on instagram i post on there as often as i can and i'm working working every day so working at the craft so this is a long long journey i got ahead of me that's awesome so hopefully you guys could follow uh, my boy julian here and hopefully we could we could conversate again on some other topics on a future podcast. I, if you come to Mexico City, you know I'm here. And, well, well we're going to have Dom later on, so hopefully that goes well as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely will. Dom's, uh, Dom's going to be a great... He, he's, uh, yeah, that's my brother right there. So I, I know <laughs> that'll be great for you guys to catch up, man. It's, it's, a, it's amazing to talk with you. And, you know, like I said, we were in Mexico City last I saw. I mean, we were at the hotel, passed out, and then you were gone before I even woke up, I think. And, yeah, but, I mean, we had a 
you showed us the romantic district and some of the other areas of Mexico city that we would have never really saw on our own. And it was just a good time. Like it was cool that like you were able to, in such a big city come out and just meet up with us for that one night and really just kind of hang. And dude, that means a lot, man. Uh, I, I, it really does. And I appreciate you. And I, um, I, I have a lot of hope and faith in your journey and yeah, stay true to it. And, uh, Keep crushing it, man. Thank you, Julian. We'll we'll keep in touch and we'll have you back on. Awesome. Peace out, everybody. Later.